The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash LOL. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash LOL. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Hello, everybody. Um, just doing a quick recap of the LCK from Wednesday morning. The first match was a an absolute stunner in just the way it happened. Uh, KT with a decisive 2-0 win over Gen G. This was honestly a bit of a stunner. So I, I mentioned in the article yesterday that we sometimes get this effect where you have teams, especially big favorites, coming off of a, a break like this, a week break. Just in general, coming off of a break helps the underdogs as long as the team is competent. And as much as I've bashed on KT and how much I think they're kind of fraudulent and they're going to come back down to earth, they are, they're not a dumpster fire team. They're a good team still. So that applies here. Like that, that, narrative or angle or or whatever you want to call it it applies here and that kept me off of playing gen g i said i i mean i you can look at it verbatim yesterday i literally said just do not back gen g whether or not you want to back kt is up to you but don't be paying overpaying for gen g coming off of a break like this and does the bullet on that one however that said we did get our um our map one kill total alt spread home for one and a half stakes. That was that was nice at plus one fifteen. So that was a nice win for the day. That game that that was a no sweat over. That was bloody from the get go, and you know maintained pretty close to a kill per minute, or a, it was like a point eight per kill per minute, you know baseline for the first like twenty five minutes or so. It was pretty pretty fun. Um, yeah, I mean, don't overthink this. <laughs> to be honest with you, the most on brand thing for KT to do after this would be to go out and like lose to Nongshim on Friday because that's exactly what these play like Piosik and Beryl have a history of this exact kind of thing where they like play up and play down and pl- not even play up and play down they just they have series where they show up and they're just not good other than that and you know maybe something's different about this season maybe they're on maybe this team just gels well maybe they've rediscovered the fountain of youth or whatever but um, I mean, honestly, even in this second game, Barrel, the the play that ultimately ended up winning the game was just a straight up mistake from Barrel. Like people are going to be memeing about it being a, oh, like this masterful like bait setup or whatever. But no, he just straight up fucked up and got caught and was in the process of getting killed. Even blew his flash when he was definitely dead. Blew his flash, got out. Canyon, you know, because they were behind and desperate for gold at this point, Canyon actually ended up flashing after it. Barrel lived with, like, 30 health, and the team happened to be there and back him up, and, you know, Canyon died. They flipped into a Baron because the jungler was dead, and that's how the game ultimately ended. The thing is, like, this game was over anyway, and, you know, there's times where I would give credit for, like, this being some kind of crazy bait, but my man was, like, all the way up past the Tier 1 tower with no backup anywhere remotely close. Like, <laughs> this was just a mistake, and it didn't get punished, and it ended up looking like this funny sequence, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this team's going to get theirs. They're not, they're not 
terrible, but they're not as good as people think, and they're just going to become overrated because they've they've looked a little feisty. I'll give them credit. That, especially Beryl and Piosik, they just have their pop-off games. The problem is consistency. Like, their entire careers have been mired in inconsistency. So, unless you think something has changed, like, genuinely changed with these two players, I, you know, I'm going to keep going back to the well with what I've seen throughout their careers, which is just every time they do this, they turn back into a pumpkin shortly after. There's just no amount of consistency. If you just, like... I was talking about this in the esports department Discord while this game was happening this morning. If you just look at KT's results for this season, there's so it, it's so inconsistent, right? You have a, a day one 2-0 win over Firex. Firex look a lot better since that match. They have a 2-1 comeback win against Damwon, where they probably shouldn't have won the second game. It probably should have been a 2-0. I say Damwon D plus, I'm sorry. They get they get two they get two one defeated by Kwangdong. They take game one off T1 and then just get completely shit-stomped in the second two games. They beat Brion 2-0. Then they drop game one to DRX and then come back and look good in the second two games. And now they just 2-0 Gen.G. Like, there's there's no consistency. There's no rhyme or reason to anything with this team. So, I, you know, I guess as big underdogs, they'll probably just be a play as you know, favorites, they'll probably be a fade. It might just be that binary with this team, but yeah, I don't know. KT, the the roller coaster, uh, you know, fitting the namesake. The second match today was DRX against Kwangdong. Kwangdong take the two zero. I'll say fairly decisively. Um, game one was pretty even for about fifteen minutes before Kwangdong took advantage of two. Uh, it was probably like one positioning error and one communication breakdown. Uh, in the same situation uh, on DRX's approach to, I believe it was the third dragon. Um, they capitalized huge on it, got the dragon, uh, were able to reset, get back for um, setting up on the Baron, and then punished a positioning error by the Baron too. Second game was pretty even. This was one of those more long drawn out ones. It was pretty even through like the first 25 minutes or so, but DRX kind of had the, uh, they had the tempo look. Uh, with they had like Yone, uh, Yone Lucian, uh, and I forget what else it was. They had more of a tempo look against um, Kwangdong's more scaling setup with the Senate Nautilus bot lane, Azir and Kasante. Um, they got the first three dragons, kept had a small gold lead through the first like 25 minutes, um, but they just couldn't balloon the gold lead enough for it to matter, and Kwangdong ended up taking them out. So uh, once the scaling kicked in, it was just over. I wanted to take a brief aside here and talk about, so th this game two draft was like a picture perfect example of what I think we're going to end up seeing from the LCK on patch 14.2, which is what they're playing on. Uh, one team takes solution Milio, um, because there's now too many things to ban. So somebody's going to get the Lucian and the other team takes the Senna plus X bot lane, whether it's Nautilus or Tom Kench or, um, Alistair or whatever. And then Azir as well. Uh, sometimes you're going to get a situation where they trade power picks. In this case, they did. They traded the Karma. Uh, I think you're going to end up seeing this a lot. And I wanted to bring this up kind of like to nip it in the bud before um, people have this conversation. We have to go through this a bajillion times. I mentioned it in the Discord this morning. Uh, 
in regards to Lucian looking really, really bad in these losses. First of all, in the Gen G loss, you, you saw the same thing in that match where, you know, Pays was dealing a ton of damage. It had nothing to do with that. It was, they were just too far behind, right? Um, the fact of the matter is, with, like, where tank and mage itemization is right now, it frankly doesn't matter what you play at AD carry most of the time after a certain point in the game. It's not like it used to be where it's, like, you wanted the better scaling AD carry because... Uh, like, if you could get there, you're going to have the higher damage, you're going to win. That's still kind of the case. But right now, you're seeing teams opt for more early game looks with, like, Callista, uh, Lucian, Draven. Uh, or looking for something... Uh, I'll put Varus into that pool, too, but I'll touch on him in a minute because he kind of he can do both. Um, or you opt for something that can protect itself, like Zaya or Lucian or Ezreal. And then the other person just takes the Senna lane, whatever the Senna happen lane happens to be for that game... And then you have like Varus, who's kind of in like a weird middle ground because he can be picked and then pivot to lethality if it makes sense to. The point being, it's important for bottom lane to have priority to set up for dragons to keep your team to be ready to stack those and threaten soul. But once you get past like the 25, 30 minute mark, frankly, it doesn't matter what 80 carries you're picking. Because even the crit 80 carries are having trouble cutting through all the tanks right now. Like the tank, tank itemization and really mage itemization too are just so much better than the 80 carry itemization that until those get tuned down and the tanks themselves get tuned down, because I think the tanks are a little overtuned at the moment, given given the situation, one or the other. They're going to have to tune down the tanks. They're going to have to tune down the itemization for them, which has already started happening, by the way. Well, besides Cassante, they're buffing Cassante, which is fucking hilarious. But um, until that happens, like it's not going to matter what you pick. Like It's not going to matter that you have Illusion at 35 minutes, because Illusion is not going to cut through anything any better than... You know, Illusion's going to do the same thing that Azai is doing right now. So, like, the there, there's not that much difference in, like, the late game carries. And we're not seeing, like, true tank spankers like Kog'Maw and Vayne really have any kind of success whatsoever, even when it's been tried. So, like, the point being, like, don't see Lucian and automatically think it's a loss because, like, that's not the case. Like, it's not... Same it's every time every time there's a champion that looks bad and losses, we always end up having this debate. And it's like a, it's gonna be a debate for the rest of time, whether it's Twisted Fate or Jace or Lucian or whatever it happens to be. People just always people hate what looks bad. You see this in traditional sports too. You know, if a coach goes for goes for two, down four you know, down fourteen, goes for two on the touchdown, they're supposed to do that. If they lose, yeah, it makes them look dumb to like your casual fan don't be the casual fan be un be someone that respects process and understands that you know yeah sometimes these teams are a little slow to adjust on things but this is stuff that they've also practiced a lot and you know i tend to trust opinion of pro teams more than more than most do i think i think there's a lot of armchair gms that like to get critical of this shit i've it's been a long time but i used to be in the trenches doing this stuff and the fact is there's like a uh, a, a, not a sunk cost, but like a there's a, a a practice time investment. Like if you only have 40 hours a week as a team to practice, or 60 hours a week as a team to practice, wasting 10 on a pick that's not going to work it doesn't isn't appealing to a lot of teams, especially if the teams aren't good and could be working on improving on like the fundamental stuff. So I don't know. I just just don't jump down teams' throats for for drafting stuff like if unless it's like an egregious error and i think there are situations where that's at but just don't jump down team starts for this kind of stuff there's there's other stuff you can criticize them for usually usually it's just like the thing that's easy to point to and not the actual problem in the game 
Like, Lucian's not the reason these teams lost these games, right? Anyway, that's just the point I was trying to make. I'm not trying to defend Lucian or anything like that. I'm just... I, I think people just get crossed up and they see it and they see it look bad and they're like, oh, that's why they lost, when really it's not why they lost at all. So, anyway. All right, moving on to the LCK for Thursday morning. Uh, our first match is T1 minus 619 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at minus 139, plus 1.5 at minus 1801. Against D plus Kia, plus 438 on the money line, the plus 1.5 maps is at plus 115, minus 1.5 is at plus 1002. So, pretty clearly... D-plus struggled before the break. They had a really, really impressive start in the first two weeks and then looked really, really inconsistent on the third week, dropping a couple series. Um, I think what's interesting here is, like, this is this is a very similar handicap to KT versus Gen G. You have one clearly elite team and another team that's inconsistent but has upside to, like, like series-winning upside against a team like this. And... Um, the only difference, really, is I think peop- the perspective on D plus is a lot lower than the per- like the public perception of D plus is a lot lower than the public perception of KT Rolster right now. That's the only real difference. Plus, KT had side sl- uh, side selection for that series yesterday. Not that it really mattered. I'm going to take a flyer on D plus here. I think they can be competitive in this series. I think they can win this series. Um, they have upside. They had the extra time off, and like I said, like coming off of a break like this, you want to take big price underdogs that are competent teams. You don't want to mess with the dumpster fire to your teams. But D plus for all their inconsistencies and and stuff like that, they've been um, like we've seen from them. They can beat these good teams. It's it's not crazy. Um, they just had a, a weird week last week, and I expect them to come out and have a plan and be confident and have a chance to be competitive with T1 in this one. So I took uh, D plus plus 1.5 maps at plus 110 at, uh, for one unit on the money line for at plus 419 for 0.2 units, and the sweep minus 1.5 maps at plus 964 for 0.1 units. You could also play kill spreads or kill total overs in this as an alternative. Again, they correlate strongly with underdog victories. Um, well, the total does. The, obviously, the kill spread does. But um, you could also play this that way. But I'm just going to play this straight up with the uh, with the ladder, the um, map spread ladder. The second series tomorrow is Hama Life Esports minus 1694 minus 1.5 maps at minus 357 against OK Brion Savings Bank plus 959 on the money line plus 1.5 maps at plus 275 minus 1.5 at plus 1790. So we know the deal with Hama Life against teams that are that they are better than. They just win these. They don't lose against teams worse than them. Um, I, they did drop one against Nongshim uh, before the break, but. That was more to me like uh, you know an upper percentile performance from Nongshim, like a top five or one percent performance from them. That's that's the that was the best game grade Nongshim's had in like since their inception. So, um, yeah, I, I think you know that was more just like a fluky in like a fluky perfect game from Nongshim, perfect relative to them anyway, and more than like a bad game or anything to be worried about from Hamwa, although. Like I said, one of the ways you beat this team is going going underneath them, and Nongshim did that. Now, I don't think Brion are equipped to do that. Nongshim are. It's like the one thing that they're good at is kind of like getting ahead early. Brion are not. Um, they're not particularly good at getting ahead early. They can, but they're not They're not going to blow a game out wide open early in the game. I mean, shit, this is a team that's really only leading. They're they're only leading at 20 minutes by any amount in like 31% of their games. So, you know, don't don't get it crossed up here. 
Now, with that in mind, Hamar aren't a team that exactly blows games open early either. So I'm going to play the map one kill spread for Brion, plus 9.5 kills at plus 102 for a half unit, and I'm going to put a uh, 0.1 units on the map one money line at plus 465. Just, you know, Brion have looked really, really, like, depressed as a team. Like, they are the Eeyore of the, of the LCK right now, and... Something tells me that, like, coming out of the break, they're going to have a lot. They might switch the lineup up again. Um, they might just have something weird cooked up to try to just, you know, inject some adrenaline into this team because right now they just, before the break, they just look dead in the water. I think this is a get-up spot for them. Um, I think there's a good chance that they're going to have something real wild. They're going to have a really, really good opening script planned out. And... You know, if there is any time to buy Brion, I think it's probably now. I'm not saying this team is going to be good. They are probably the 10th best team in the league. And I know we typically don't like backing dogs against Hanwha in general. But I think off the break, on map one, might have something spicy cooked up that they can maybe jump out to a lead and we end up getting, like, you know, they jump out to a small lead and Hanwha eventually turn the corner and win this game, like, you know, 14 to 6 or 10 to 5 or something like that. So that's kind of the hope. And maybe Brion end up closing map one and uh, they have a good opening script. And we've seen Hanwa, they're not interested in that. So if if Brion can jump out early and keep this close, then I think they can be competitive at least for like a half a map. That's really all we're looking for here. So um, that's going to be it. So we played Brion plus 9.5 kills at plus 102 for a half unit. Uh, Brion map one money line plus one, uh, 465 for 0.1 units. And then we played the D plus map spread ladder, plus 1.5 maps at plus 110 for one unit, and the money line at plus 419 for 0.2 units, and the uh, D plus minus 1.5 maps at plus 964 for 0.1 units. That's going to be it for me. I will see you all tomorrow.